0: American Football in Finland. The voice in your ears is Perfect Purpose, and this is American Football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Q. What's going on, Q? What's going on, Perry? We back, baby. We back. Once again... The AFF podcast is available on all major platforms, including YouTube. Wherever you listen, be sure to follow, like, subscribe, and rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. Okay. Playoffs are here. Let's get into it. Normally do first down, but no need. Let's just do a a quick recap for everyone who doesn't know. Crocodiles are going to be the one seed. They're 10 and two. They finished the regular season 10 and two. Butchers are going to be the two seed. They finished the season eight and four. Roosters are going to be the three seed. They finished the season seven and five. And the four seed is going to be the Royals who finished six and six. Tied with the Steelers at six and six, but they do own they own the tiebreaker, so they're in. Steelers are out. Crocs are going to play the Royals. Butchers are going to play the Roosters. Q. We're going to get into it later <laughs> on a different show. Uh, but mm-hmm. just you know, first impressions about how it all shook out. What
1: do you think? Well, the first thing I, I want to point out is Corpio Steelers. They had the biggest bust of the of the season the biggest bust of the season. And I mean, bust of the season. They dropped the ball. I mean, let's be honest. They dropped the ball. We all knew what Le'Veon and Lee Reason over meant to the Corpio Steelers. Once you lost him, you had a decision to make. We're going to continue being the team that we that we are. We run the ball. We run first, and then we go to passing. Or are we going to take what we got, maybe add some guys here and there? So they added Lyman. They lost McDonald to the ELF. And that was pretty much it. After that, that was pretty much it. They didn't really... They didn't really have much to offer after that. I think the organization and the coaches just made a decision that, all right, this is what we're going to go with. I don't know why that decision was made, because if you watch film and you watch the other teams, I wouldn't have done it. I mean, just being honest, it, it, they're in this thing to win championships. Corpio Steelers have built a brand, and I think you, what you do is you make decisions to keep your brand going. You lost Lee the reason over. That means you have to replace him with a player similar or someone who can give you the same type of production. They did not do that. They made a the decision to do it. It didn't work, um, and now you're sitting outside of the playoffs. Like, who would have thought that Quorpio sitting outside of the playoffs?
0: I was riding that Corpio train, man. I, I man, oh, for me, it feels it's just crazy. a bad.
1: Like, I, it's a, it's it's bad for me, bro. Because I just I just really hate when players have to suffer for what organizations decisions they make, and they and they they put them in a bad position. Like, they honestly did. Um, There's no reason why you have probably the top defensive player on your team now sitting outside of the playoffs. Like, That's, I mean, it happens. It happens. But he 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 was one of the guys I wanted to see in the playoffs. I wanted to see what he was going to do, how he was going to control that defense in the playoffs against these other guys. And now to see that the Royals made it in with a little bit of help, and now the Corpio is sitting out there just looking kind of like, like, it, it has to hurt. It has to hurt as a player because you know that you're supposed to be in the playoffs, but your organization didn't do what it needed to do to make sure you guys still got there. And, um, yeah, the guys that were there had jobs to do, but it wasn't the same team. That's the reason over got hurt. It was not the same team. And it's the coach's job to make sure they keep everybody on the same path to, of what they needed to do. This, this, this past game, they just played horrible display of offense once again for the last I don't know how many weeks. That's why that's why when they played the Wolverines, I didn't have anything to really to say about that game. Because it didn't mean anything. I actually, we expected them to score points against the Wolverines, that's what you did. But when it came time to play against the good the better teams, offense non-existent, just like it was yesterday or day before or whatever. But just a terrible bust, man. Corpio Steelers, like, I I can't I just can't believe it.
0: I mean, well, if we're gonna talk about Steelers, we're gonna talk about Steelers, and I I agree with you like a thousand percent. But for the sake of argument's sake, I'm going to play devil's advocate just a little bit for Quopio. Just saying that I can understand what they're doing in the long term. And I think long term is what they're looking at it as. I feel like that, that's something that only that team is going to really be able to tell you, not us. But um, just give a little anecdote. If anybody who doesn't know, I used to play college football eons years ago. And our team did something very similar. We were a run-heavy team. We had a a season where we ended up having to have like 11 running backs play in one season because of injuries. And our coach like cleaned house, got rid of all the the offensive coaching staff, brought in a new air raid system, and we won four games next season. Mm. And everybody was like, y'all still aren't good. What was the point? But the following season, after going like four and eight, then the next season we won like 10, won the conference, went to the playoffs, went like second or third round in the playoffs, something like that. And then the next year after that, they won the conference again and went like deep in the playoffs. And they became a a very good team. And now that school is actually went from being an FCS to FBS. They've only gotten better since then. But my point is that, to, to get better, we had to get worse. Like, we, we implemented a new offense, and we went 4-8, but we brought back almost the exact same people from that 4-8 and eight season and won 10 games. We literally only added freshmen for depth. Like, we had the exact same starters and everything the next year. We just had, it took us a year to get into it. I think that the Steelers are going through a transition. They're trying to get away from relying heavily on import running back, and that RPO system. Even if you look at the plays they've been running, it's not as like RPO heavy as it's been in the past from what we know from the Steelers. From what I would consider the dynasty of the Steelers, it was very simple. RPO, have a really good running back, get the ball out quick by a capable quarterback. They've kind of transitioned. Even when Lee Anthony Reasonover was on the team, we saw when they played before the Maple League and even the beginning of the season, they were slinging that thing. Ambrose throwing it 30 times no matter what. He's throwing 30 passes and that's not an RPO thing. Obviously, they want him to throw the ball and that's what they did all season and they took they took the losses that came with it. Unfortunately, they didn't have Lee Anthony to make up for those losses this year and that's how they ended up being 6-6 six six on the outside looking in. But honestly, I I agree with you 100% that that's not what you would have done. (laughs) I would have played to stay stay in the playoffs. But I think that they have a plan. And it's unfortunate that they don't get to be in the playoffs this year. But for us, I think it's the best because they really aren't a team that deserve to be in the playoffs this year. They won two games without Lee Anthony reason over. They don't really deserve to be in the playoffs. They're not in the playoffs. And that's great. So we'll we'll go on from there. Playoff picture yeah. is all about the uh, Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> the players of the week have been announced on our social media channels earlier this week. But of course, we want to explain our picks in depth outside the stats. First up, offensive player of the week, Brandon Gwinner, quarterback from Port Vue Butchers. Stat-wise, he was 23 for 38, 61% completion, 358 yards, six tubs. That boy was on one, and everybody got a piece. What I really what really stood out to me this week from Brandon Gwinter was, it's a great way, to, offensively, it's a great way to finish the season. Six tubs, he connected with eight different receivers. Obviously, you know, Miko Seppinen got his three tubs. But even
1: mm-hmm.
0: even before Miko really got hot in the fourth quarter, when they kind of just needed to just keep adding points, Gwinter was making sure everybody touched the ball. All those receivers were touching it. Uh, what? Young kid, Zachar- Zacharias Carbon got his first Maple League touchdown. Uh, there was another young receiver that he threw to. Um, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. But number 17, I think he 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 actually made someone miss after making a catch and then jetted down the sideline, showing his capability. He's an old um, East City Giants guy. But Brandon Gwinner was spreading the love, and he was confident that he could. That makes this team dangerous. And I know I'm just talking about his performance in this game, Offensive Player of the Week, but if the Butchers can just line up and whoever they got in can make a play, that's – That's a hard team to beat. I mean, that's a a 55-point team, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what they scored, like 55 points? And and that's all based on what Brandon Gwinner has brought to them as a quarterback. And you notice even in this game, he is comfortable throwing on the run, and his O-line has some holes in it. I've said this before, you know, that they're okay, but they're not great. And certain matchups, they don't win, but that's okay because he's able to run and throw. There was one pass where he threw it to Lucas Arela where he's like running to his left and he let it go early before he set his foot. And the way the ball traveled, it it just laid up right in front of Arela's hands. And it was just a great play. And Arela actually caught it, which is even better because I've said time and time again, the young receiver has, you know, shaky hands on them deep routes. But if those two are in are in conjunction, just like the rest of the receivers. If Brandon Gwinter could just throw it to anybody and they could catch it, I don't don't see them being, like, I don't see the offense being stopped. And that's what we saw in this game was their defense was okay. It was I mean, okay is an overstatement. Their defense was bad as normal. But it didn't matter because they put up 55. (laughs) And that's because Brandon Gwinter is so good at what he does for this team offensively that 50 points – that's that's a drop in the bucket for them. Fifty Burger. Glad they did it and it's a great way to end the season. Any last thoughts on him? Sorry I, I went over a little bit a
1: no, no. Brandon Gwinter, uh I wasn't too happy about them playing him um in this game anyway. I said that from the beginning, but definitely a nice display of uh moving the ball around saw receivers. I mean three hundred and fifty eight yards, you know, six TDs. you can't can't be mad about that. I think he's I think he's locked in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think he's locked in as far as ready to put the playoffs. They, their offense drives and runs off of him and how productive he is. So definitely deserving of offensive player of the week. Or he, sh- he showed up. I mean, he, he they they, they rolling. Yeah, he rolling.
0: And we don't we don't give these awards to quarterbacks kindly. You know, you know quarterbacks kind of always player the game, but sometimes you just got to give credit where it's due. But moving on the defense. Aforementioned player, Achilles LeRoy. I think he I think this is like the third time linebacker for Corpio State.
1: Four. I mean, like, it might be like his fourth time.
0: He had 11 and a half tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. I mean, it says something that we keep selecting him. And I think it's pretty simple. It, it says he's the best thing smoking. Like, yeah, it's it's just not a lot to say about what he did. See ball, get ball. That's what Achilles Leroy did. See ball, get ball. You know, we we talked about it. This game was kind of one-sided. But what I want you to think about when you think about Achilles Leroy is think about the fact that Christian Powell had less than 50 yards rushing. A lot of that had to do with number 33, okay? And, of course, their defense did a great job. You know, they they honed in on the, on the rushing attack and said, hey, you're not going to run the ball. You're not going to, you know, boost up your stats running the ball against us. But a lot of that have to do with number 33, just he gets to the ball so fast. And he's not letting anything develop and nobody can block him. He's shedding blocks, avoiding defend op- opponents, not defenders. He's avoiding op- opponents and getting to the ball and stopping plays. He had two and a half tackles for a loss. I mean, I don't think it was like two and a half separate tackles. I think it was like four or five, and it just totaled up to two. Yeah, and a half. Totally he sure. was everywhere. Yeah. And his his team rallied around him, but he was really the first person to the ball. And if someone else got there before him, he finished it. And that's the kind of player he is, and that's how he was. And for him personally, it's a great way to end your season. You know, anytime you have more than ten tackles in a game, it's it's impressive. It means you you're having those for the ball, and you're in the right places at the right time. And then for him, like you said earlier, would have loved to see what it looked like in the playoffs, but but this was the closest he was going to get to it. <laughs> was playing a yeah. team for the last game of the season, and he did everything you can expect from a linebacker to do. And so kudos yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a T-shirt for this beautiful summer weather or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip – Scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFL community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. Let's talk about some of the key player performances this week. I'll keep it short this time. Just talk about them a little bit, the stats, and tell you why. First up, the young kid, Jerry Siloma, quarterback from the Helsinki Roosters. Man, I wish you could see what I was saying. They did the old bullpen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dimitri Senadinos, he got to play one quarter in his game, I think. And then they brought in the youngster, said, come on out here get this work. He was 16 for 26, 62% completion, 167 yards, three touchdowns. It was just really impressive to see the young guy get out there and work. He didn't look rattled. Also, the stats got to be off somewhere. He ran for a touchdown because I'm just remembering seeing him. He ran, he scrambled and dove in the end zone and, and ran over a defender to score a touchdown. Like, he shows a real good toughness in this game and showed that, you know, going forward, I think obviously the Roosters probably stick to the import situation. But in a couple of years, you know, down the line, they'll be in very good hands if they decide to go back to that finished quarterback route. Having someone like Jerry out there could be the key for them. And he kind of showed them what he's capable of as the incumbent. Damn it, I'm not saying this word right, but you know what I'm saying. As the yeah. the next <laughs> guy. <laughs> I'm having too much coffee. Like I'm speaking funny today. Uh next guy on here, another youngster from the Roosters. They they started a lot of them in this game. So everybody got to play. Nicholas Lagstrom, linebacker, Helsinki Roosters. He had nine tackles, one and a half tackle for loss, one forced fumble. Another kid that it was just good to see him be out there, be active and know what to do. That's the the hardest thing about having, you know, new guys come and play is that do they know what to do in a game situation? Everybody does it in practice, but Lagstrom showed he's ready. I expect to see him more on the field next year for the Roosters. We saw how their linebacking core was this year. Talvi Armpa is ready to have a partner in crime out there. And I think Lackstrom is going to be the guy. So this was a good kind of coming out party for him against, you know, your city rivals, the Helsinki Derby and stuff like that. Next guy, Raleigh Yodel, quarterback for UNC Crusaders. Final game of the season. He was 21 for 33, 64 completion percentage. 254 yards five touchdowns, 80 rush yards. And no one is talking about how good he's played. This is not a brand new stat line for Odell. This is kind of how he's been playing all year. Throw for two something, rush for another 50, 60 yards. So he, he creates about 300 yards offense every game. And then you're looking at 64 completion percentage, which in my mind, very difficult to do with the personnel that he has. He's got some very good deep ball receivers, but everyone knows that, which means those passes are a lot more contested, a lot of throws are harder, and in this game, I wish that we were doing this on video so people could see some of the throws that he was making and some of the windows he was putting the ball in, impressive. Mm-hmm. He was throwing darts. And if you need, you know, confirmation, ask his receivers, ask RJ Long there were times where these receivers weren't really open and he was putting the ball where only the receiver could get it. And they just made it look like it was pitch and catch. It looked easier than what it actually was. And I just want people to, you know, give a little respect to Raleigh Yeldell this season and this last game where he played lights out. And of course, as the problem always is, your defense still got to play. He can't play defense too. Nothing you can do about it, but as a player himself, he played great in this game. Next guy, we all know this guy, Miko Seppinen, wide receiver, Porvoo Butcher, seven receptions, 143 yards, three tubs. I mean, he just kept doing what he'd been doing. And he has seven extra points. And I, I know that sounds crazy. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> That's seven points. He's getting five or six extra points every game as a kicker. And I don't know if y'all keep up with stats, but if you look at, like, points scored, he's one of the, the highest because he scores touchdowns and extra points. He's a receiver and a kicker and a punter. So he does a little bit of everything for them. And in this game, kind of like the culmination, a great way to end the season on a over 100 yards, even <laughs> touchdowns, and he got to kick a lot of kicks. You know, those are like free points. Next guy got, Zach Whitehead, quarterback from Cineo Crocodiles. I know it's crazy that we got so many quarterbacks, but they're playing way better than they were at the end of the season. <laughs> and Zach Whitehead, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the guys that had one of them like only through like 10 passes games. So this is a, a good way to finish where he's 23 for 32, 72%. 72%. And I think he's close to 70% all season. 236 yards and four touchdowns. Those are impressive numbers. Over 200 yards, four touchdowns, 70% completion. What you like about Zach Whitehead, and even in this game where Christian Paul, again, I said this earlier, less than 50 yards rushing. So he he wasn't as effective as you want him to be, but you didn't need him to be effective because Zach Whitehead was able to do his thing. And I know earlier in the season, we've said before, you know, Zach Whitehead is – left a lot to be desired from a quarterback position, but I really think in the last couple of weeks and in this last game, he's done a really good job of taking care of the football and being efficient. Now, I don't really care about the efficient stat that they keep because I think that's bull crap, but if you can throw 70% and not turn it over, you're okay with me, and that's what Zach did this week to finish their, their regular season on a high note with a win, as it should be. Last guy on the list, Yosuke Vodinen, linebacker, Sinayoki Crocodiles. He had four tackles, one sack, and an interception. Number 34 is everywhere. He's kind of given a, a new life to the linebacker group for the Crocodiles. I feel like there was a time when Yuhani Kovamaki was the guy, and now he's kind of slid and out of the picture as Yosuke has become the the newer guy, the fresher guy, mm-hmm. I think him coming in like halfway during the season is a really good move for them. But, again, it's not like he came in and had to get accustomed. He came in and he's been everywhere throughout the season. And his last game, again, he was on display, making plays, getting around, got an interception. That was crazy because I felt like it was a, a, bad, a bad throw, but it was a very quick reaction by him. Because the ball came, he cut off the tight end, got the interception. It's a play that a lot of people can't make because it happened so quickly. But his reaction was really good. So that is key performance. Flag football in Finland. Yes, the annual AFF Turkey Bowl flag football tournament is back for the fourth consecutive year. This year's 5-on-5 flag football tournament will be held on November 11th at Mukula Sports Hall in Laxley. Men's and women's teams are invited to play in a fun and competitive environment with bragging rights on the line. Registration is open until September 1st, so sign your squad up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com Forward slash Turkey Dash Bowl. We all know the results from the last week of the 2023 Maple Bowl Maple League. So let's talk about who won or lost their games. First game, Roosters versus Wolverines. What are your thoughts?
1: Roosters <laughs> won the game, spare and square. Uh better team, even with the backup quarterback playing. Out. The Roosters just have too much firepower, um, all over the field for the Wolverines to even have a chance to win this game. Shane Netter had to get in there on the Wolverine side to try to give them a little bit of a little bit of push. wasn't enough. Wolverines survived the season, though. They survived the seasons. uh, Didn't get a win, but it happens. You know, it happens when when the organization is uh trying to figure things out or need to regroup. Oh, it's hard to keep guys motivated. it's hard to keep guys coming to practice some kind of way they did, but then you know the finishing the game off I mean the year off playing the roosters you know had to be fun at the same time, but the roosters won the game. they just kind of rested a lot of guys, let those guys be healthy when they're coming into the playoffs. but everybody should watch out for the roosters right now. I tell you that I'll tell yeah. you that
0: i I think it was it was an interesting thing that they they played a lot of their juniors players and got got those guys some good reps cuz you know the, the Wolverines did play hard you know if you're not better you're not better but they played hard so both teams really got a, a good workout in is that is that what you would call it <laughs> like they played it wasn't it wasn't no like patty cake out there like they were playing football it was good i mean i wouldn't say good football but they played and it's kind of like what we said before the game actually was that for the roosters they got to play against Good competition, but not, you know, great competition. So, they weren't overwhelmed. While for the Wolverines, you know, it's, you know, another dogfight like normal. So, that was that game. And Roosters go to playoffs. Wolverines go home. Maybe go watch the Roosters. I don't know. Do you love football? Do you enjoy the AFF podcast? Well, we need your help to keep this party going. If you think you can be an asset to our team, please contact us immediately about joining the AFF squad. Email all inquiries to AmericanFootballInFinland at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. Second game of the weekend was the Crusaders versus the Butchers. Now, before we even say who won or lost, I just got to say this was the best game of the weekend. Yeah, game that that did not matter at all, had no bearing on anything, but I swear it was probably the – I watched all three games, like, today, like, you know, on Route 2, and this was the only one I was like, man, this is actually worth watching. I might watch the replays a little bit, you know? I might even see what's going on in between the plays instead of fast-forwarding and just getting to the action. Yeah, I think it was a really good game. I don't know why they were playing so hard, but it was a really good game. (laughs) Who do you think won or lost it, though?
1: Um, I think the Butchers won. It's just seeing UNC just all year just didn't have enough. They just did not have enough to, like, overcome a lot of things that, that happens to them on the defense side of the ball. Offensively, I don't think UNC lacked anything besides a strong offensive line. But that didn't really matter because the players that they did have, they could still be productive without them. Yeah, it's just the defensive side of the ball is what kept uh, UNC out of the playoffs this year, and that sucks because I think they were well equipped to, to to compete against a lot of the teams. It just, but if you just don't have the defensive depth and those playmakers on defense, it'll keep you out of a lot of ball games, and I think that's what happened. But the Butchers, you know, in stride. Probably in playoff mode, too. You know, just didn't want to take a chance of taking an L and, and letting the Roosters, you know, get the second place. I don't, I don't even think the Roosters, the Roosters get the second place. No. Yeah, it so it didn't possible. even matter. It That's what I'm matter. saying. It they, so, even if they were
0: 7-5, the they still would have been second place. They, the, they have a tiebreaker over the Roosters. They beat yeah. the Roosters twice.
1: So I don't understand why they chose to play him. Maybe they just wanted to. That's just the butchers. That's honestly, yeah. that's just the butchers. Butchers the yeah. butchers, like yeah, it's like it's all right. We're not gonna. We're not going days off.
0: Yeah, they're ruining
1: the, our picks, right? Let's like, go to the yeah. Let's go to the playoffs, battered. That's so go. That's what we're gonna. We're gonna to go to the playoffs, battered against the hottest team in the league right now. I don't know who made that decision to play all of their starters the whole game. The whole
0: game. Yeah, they played to win. They played for pride. That's that poor move.
1: I'm not going to foreshadow you next week, but okay, I'm yeah. leaving there, bro, because I just I – just,
0: I, got a whole, whole other show for – yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, Wait, sure. for, I'm not even going to go to one For this game, yeah. I'm going to start with this note I wrote here. Only the UNC Crusaders – could score more than forty points, have more than five hundred yards, and lose. That's a, the the only other team mm-hmm. <laughs> that I think could have that stat line and lose is who they lost to, a team that had four hundred yards, almost five hundred themselves, and fifty points. It's the only the only team that UNC could lose to with those kind of stats is the team they lost to. Like, that's the only other team that could lose like that. This is That's why I think this was such a good game. It, it's in a weird fashion because I know the defense really was not great. It reminds me of that Rams versus Chiefs game. If anybody watches NFL from a few years ago, like 2019, I think it was, or 2018, one of them years, where Rams and Chiefs both put up like 50-something points, just going back and forth scoring points. That's what this looked like even though at first half it was only, what, 21-18. to 18. It should have been 21-21. I don't know why UNC doesn't kick extra points. They just went for two every time, and it didn't – I don't think they made 50% of them, so that wasn't a good idea. But it was pretty much tied at halftime. It was going slowly, and then the second half, they just both ramped it up and said, defense, what's that? You start throwing the ball all around. But I, I do think that the Crusaders – played really good with who they had. I already talked about it. Yodell had a hell of a game. Seth Rollins did everything you expect from him. He had 244 all-purpose yards. He's over 2,500 on the season now. He had a great season. Personally, I think it was a great bounce-back season because when he played for Port Vu, I think he was limited. They limited what he could do. And he didn't play as well. And then this season, you saw a brand new guy, this Seth Rollins here. This dude is, I mean, he's an all star. He's he's a star in the making. So it was really good to see him finish the season like that. And last guy for the Crusaders that did really good, you know, the OG R.J. Long, another hundred yard performance. He's quietly put together a really good season. I don't know how many yards he has, but I assume he has like six, seven hundred, something like that on the season. They had a couple games where they just didn't throw him the ball. But mostly whenever he's on, like even this game, I think he had 10 catches too. He was targeted a lot. And if you throw it to him, he's going to catch the ball. And that's what he did. I think Cedric had a touchdown or extra point as well. Hold on. This squad, this offensive squad did just really good. I was, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over about them, but – I'm really impressed with how well they do with so little because they have the right guys on the offensive side of the ball. Just defensively, Crusaders just didn't have nothing for them. Um, Also want to shout out to – what is this guy's name? Artu Blumquist from UNC Crusaders, number 39, the running back. He had that big, like, 70-yard run. Boy got wheels. I'm just putting this out there. That might be a, a talent y'all might want to cultivate out there in Loya. He was blazing and his speed was like it was an unmatched speed. I think the angle got to him or something. But I mean 70 yards is a long way to run. But I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. But obviously when you have Seth Rowland, you know, he don't get a lot of like chances. But one thing the Crusaders did, and I know it's tough talking about these games because you know there's no more, but when they put him at slot receiver, it really opened up their offense. It, it gave them another good re- receiver on the inside, opposite of R.J. And, and said, and then you also got that like six six guy over there. So it really opened up, and then your your running back was still capable. You know, the number thirty nine Blumquist, he was more than capable to run the ball for you. So cool. it really like opened up their offense to a level where even Yadele you know, was able to, you know do a couple what was it scramble yes some scrambles some rpo some read options some stuff like that. like that offense was able to do a lot when they moved Seth rolling out the slot and just opened it up so it's interesting that they did it you know this late in the season obviously they're trying to win this game but just a really good sign to end on offensively for them can't really speak to their defense it, it is what it is. Last thing I'm gonna say about this game Corbett Butcher still Dallas Cowboys now I, I mean I appreciate putting up the 50 burger. That is awesome. That is awesome. But you tell me. You tell me how am I supposed to believe in a team that is okay with giving up 500 yards? Just giving up the butt every Not the first time. time. Not the first Not time. The first time. Look, it's ridiculous. I'm I'm going to sit here and vamp a little bit so I can look it up. You know why? Because I want to know how many times they did gave up 500 yards of offense to another team, because I feel like it's ridiculous that I keep seeing this every time. I mean, I'm looking at their stats. I'm trying to find like per game, if I can find it, but I don't, I don't think I can because I'm not looking hard enough. or I don't know where to look for the stats. Now I'm just wasting time, but I'm still going to try to look for it. But you know, I have a a good and a bad. It's kind of like a backhanded compliment, if that makes any sense. Because the the defense, it was bad. Like, you give up 500 yards, there's no way to say that that's not bad. But if I am to say something, here we go. I think I found it. I think I found it. Hold up. All yards. Hmm. No, that's all yards scored. Okay, opponents. No, that's kicks. Damn it. I don't know how to find these these stats the way you're supposed to. Hmm. Opponent stats, right? So that's how many yards they had. Oh, it just says all yards. It don't say, like, just offense or defense. Hmm. Okay. I'm not going to be able to find the stats, and I'm not going to waste y'all time anymore. But one thing that the, the Butchers' defense did well in this game, I think, was that – they made some big plays so that they could outscore their opponents. And I know that sounds weird, but you had at one point in time, Nico Royco, this one didn't work out for him, but he punched the ball out right near the goal line. And that was a, a hell of a play, Nico, hell of a play. It's just unfortunate that no one else got the ball. And then Seth Rollins ended up, you know, getting a touchdown from it anyways. But the effort was there and you could see the way that he was playing. And that's really what I took away from it was that the effort was there defensively, and then a little bit later in the game, Zach Wright just walks up and takes the ball from somebody. I can't remember who. The French was it? A, was it the French guy? The number eight. I mean, it could have been yeah. the receiver. He even went up and took yeah. the ball from. Him. But he took it from him. Yeah, yeah and that's a takeaway. And then there was an interception by the the French, the number one okay. guy. And that interception, there was a deflection. One of the defensive linemen had actually deflected the ball and then the the cornerback got the interception. And those type of plays, that's what the roo- – that's what – not the roosters, sorry. That's what the butchers need going into the playoffs. Because, again, still Dallas Cowboys and you'll always be the Dallas Cowboys to me. But if you want to get the win this way, this is the way you do it. If you're going to give up 500 yards – and let a team score 40 points, you need to make sure that your offense has enough chances to score 50. And that's what they did. They gave their offense more chances so that eventually, when they did let the offense score, it didn't feel as bad. I mean, to me, it's like kissing your sister. But that's what <laughs> you want to know about it. the uh, upon. Yeah, it's frowned upon, (laughs) but do your thing. That's that's how the Butchers want to do it this year. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna put up 440 points and give up 500.
1: You know, I mean, I know that they better not play this playoff game like that again.
0: the, The point of the game is to score more points than your opponents, and they are taking that to heart. And saying, why stop them when we can just score? And, I mean, that's the way they go about it. Who am I to judge? Go Cowboys. (laughs) Represent the community and buy us a coffee. AFF is run by volunteers who love the sport and want to give you the best coverage of it as possible. In true Finnish fashion, we love coffee and would appreciate any donation to help us buy a cup or two. You can donate online at buymeacoffee.com forward slash AFF23. Okay, last game of the weekend, Crocodiles and Steelers. Who won or lost it for you, Q? Crocodiles won. <laughs> you know what many Steelers <laughs> lost this? They had them. They had them at the coin toss.
1: They had them. <laughs> That was like their best chance right there. Still, uh, Corpio showed up to the game. No offense at all. Pretty much just running mad in plays. I think they were just trying to get the game over. That's what it looked like to me. They looked like they was trying to win. like. But you know what? I ain't going to say that. I ain't going to say that. I'm going to stop playing. I did see some good things that Corpio did, and then that was it.
0: I would would say it's one of those situations. Like, I can't say that, you know, the the Steelers lost this game because, like you said, their offense didn't really give them a chance. But if you you watch the first half, which is pretty much all. Yeah, it's pretty much all I wanted to watch. (laughs) I was a little upset that it wasn't a blowout by then. But it was 13-7, to and the Crocs had two field goals. Those are – Two opportunities where the Steelers' defense held them in the middle of the field. Yeah. They just happen to have a guy who kicked a fifty-two yarder. He kicked a fifty-something and a thirty-something.
1: I mean, you're playing. Yeah, you against, do about that?
0: You play against any other team in the Maple League. It's seven to seven at half, right? Like they're yeah. not going to make those those kicks, and you have a chance to win. But at the end of the third quarter, it's twenty-eight to seven which means your offense still hasn't done anything. And I stopped watching after the third quarter. I was like, whew, they finally got up by 21. I got a clear conscience. They're not going to come back in the fourth quarter. They don't have what it takes to come back. That's not going to happen. So it is what it is. But I just want to say this last thing about the Steelers because, I mean, obviously – Talk about them because they're not in the playoffs after this. This will be last time you hear to talk about Corpio Steelers.
1: Uh, They'll be in the playoffs. and we'll just be running a chain crew. They'll just be running a chain.
0: Volunteering at the Maple Ball, huh? Uh, <laughs> so you get some free tickets. Oh, but one thing that I just last thing I'm going to talk about with the Steelers is that they have a good defense. Their defense was let down by the offense this entire season. And this game was more evidence of it. And just hearing what I just said, their defense played well. They held Christian Powell to under 50 yards rushing. Now, did they kind of let the passing game take a hold of him? Yes. But there's only so many times you can be on the field. If you hold a defense, you hold offense twice, and they keep getting field goals, and you're getting nothing, eventually that defense is getting to the point where they're like, okay, we have to make a play. And when defenses start thinking they have to make a play, they start taking chances. Yeah. When they start taking yeah. chances. They start getting beat. open. Yeah, it's People just a, you got to play complement football. And the Steelers' offense didn't help their their defense. And I just want anybody that's playing defense for the Copio Steel. I just want to let you know, y'all have been the epitome of a good defense all year, all year. I've never seen a game the Steelers play where I'm like, well, you know, they suck. No, that there's mismatches all across the field. You know, depending on who you're playing. But as a whole, this defense is good. There's not really too many glaring holes. There's not any places where I'm like, oh, that's just a weak spot. But as a group, they can only do so much if they're on the field all the time. Their, their offense hurts their defense more than, than any other team could. There, there's not a team that can just show up and say, okay, you have one drive, and you're going to score on the Steelers. There's not an offense out there. There's nobody that can just say you get one drive you're gonna score, but there's a lot of offenses that say, well, we're gonna give you 12 or 13 drives.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> you're gonna get some chances, and they're like, yeah, we we can put something together eventually if you just keep giving us opportunity. And that's where this defense is at the end of the season, and I feel bad that that's the way it has to go for them. Did I say anything good about the the Crocs? The Crocs played okay. They didn't I, run it. They didn't run it well, but they went away from it. Also, like they weren't yeah. forcing Powell. They weren't going to be like, "Hey, yeah. you're going to get these 200 yards." They're like, "It ain't there right now." And it, it was one of those games where, if this was a regular season game or even in the playoffs, I feel like later in the game, like that fourth quarter, he would have saw a oh, lot man. of touches. Yeah, but yeah. in this game, there was they, no need
1: to. Yeah, there, no there was no need food. to. He just trying to, to get out of there. there. Yeah.
0: yeah, and again. The game is in good hands if you're winning and Zach Whitehead is able to do his thing. You saw he was able to control the offense, put the ball where he wanted to. The Steelers defense didn't really slow him down in the second half. And again, I think that's a fatigue thing more than a crocodiles are just that much better. I really think that, you know, by the time he got to halftime, it was at the point of no return for the Steelers. And they're like, we got to try something and trying something doesn't work against a team that is ready for pretty much everything. And that's what the Crocs are. I think the Crocs are ready for pretty much everything going forward. Oh, last thing I want to say, because, you know, <laughs> trying to speak as much about the Steelers while I still can. Last game of the season, Ambrose threw two picks, and he had a fumble. But anybody, I don't know if anybody is, but let's not blame him for this one. No, No offense to anyone who wants to blame him for it. But the two interceptions, the first one, that was on him. It was a bad throw, a bad spot, shouldn't have thrown it. Second one, he had pressure. He would he couldn't finish his follow-through, so he couldn't throw, and he kind of short on the ball to get it Jordan. out. Yeah, that's not on him. And then on the fumble, again, he was throwing the ball. I think it was a bad call by the refs. He had a full throw in motion, and the ball came out, and they called a fumble. But again, pressure. He was getting hit from the back. And if you watch this game, he was getting hit every time. Anytime he dropped back, he was getting hit or there was pressure in his face. His offensive line tried to protect him. I'm not going to say they did a bad job. They did what they could. Again, we've said this plenty of times this year. The Crocodiles' front seven is formidable. And that's what they went through in this game is that, you know, Ambrose was uncomfortable, but he stood in there and he he showed some some real toughness, in my opinion. He didn't run around a lot. He didn't cower. He tried to make plays. There just was none to be made. And again, I still blame the entirety of the offense because there was ways to move the ball, ways to do things, and they didn't try those ways. They kind of stuck to, "Well, Ambrose is going to do this. We're going to have him throw it forty times, and we win or lose by it." And that's last game. That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it's worth the listen. Q, any last words before we get out of here, man? No, no,
1: man. Uh we 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 at where we wanted to be at, man. The playoffs, man. You know, good luck to all the teams out there. And if anybody is listening in the ELF right now, Swarko, you guys, great. Great decision, Swarko. <laughs> great decision. And they're sitting out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's tough. Well, you but gotta anyway, do it. That
1: don't matter. That don't matter for the Maple league. But I just had to say that. But that's I, funny. Oh my god, it's been some crazy stuff going on this year. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad we had this spot. So let's make it happen.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm also excited to get into the playoffs here. I I think contrary to what I thought the season was going to be, it's it's ended up pretty good. I can say that. I think it's it's ended up pretty good. I'm I'm glad we're a part of it. So if you enjoy the show, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. Don't be a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget T I F. We go.
1: And we go. Out of
0: American football in Finland. Attention business owners and entrepreneurs. Are you ready to connect with passionate American football enthusiasts in Finland? Look no further than the American football in Finland podcast. With over 1,000 dedicated subscribers and an impressive 20,000 downloads, your message can reach a captive audience eager for your products or services. Take advantage of over 10,000 monthly social media impressions to boost your brand's visibility. Imagine the impact of your message resonating with this engaged community. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to increase brand awareness, drive traffic, and grow your business. Contact us today to secure your exclusive ad spot on the American Football in Finland podcast. Get ready to score big with your target audience.